is the uh, It Is What It Is podcast, episode number three. Like I said, this is Brian, and we also got uh, Angel over here. What's up, guys? It's Angel. You know what's up? Angel, Angel, Angel Reacts. And this is episode three. For episode three, we got an interview, our first interview. Much love. We got Rafi. Um, without further ado, Rafi, Rafi's a musician. I don't like labeling musicians as rappers or this and that. So without further ado, we're going to just jump into the interview portion of it. And after, we'll uh, touch on some uh, current events. Uh, if Rafi wants to stay, he can for that portion. But without further ado, introduce yourself, brother. All right. Well, my name's Rafael. Um, I'm, an, I'm a hip-hop artist. I like to call myself an artist. I don't like to say I'm a rapper because I think I think rapper I kind of narrows down, um, isolates you into, like, uh, a smaller box as far as like what what I what we do with artistry and my ends personally. Um I've been doing music for about 17, 18 years. I've been writing music. Um I started off writing music when I was about 12, 13 years old, but it was a weird introduction to music. I I was kind of introduced more to to like I was I was an avid reader and I was really into like poetry. So it was really kind of more so just me writing down my 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 thoughts about my experiences through just experiencing life and just write just write, writing it down and just kind of leave keeping it as a journal from and then it got to the point where I had some older friends of mine that were introduced to me by my one of my best friends in school and um and they were into the whole recording music and and going to the actual studios and I really wasn't in that in that realm in that world of going recording or none of that but um I was always like like I said I was an avid reader so I was really like into like trying to escape my own reality and just kind of diving into like just reading a lot of books and writing my ideas down and writing about my own life and I shared it with my best friend um like my journal and what I wrote and he was like bro like you know, you could turn these type of stories that you got into like raps and actually make music off of it. And I was like, I never really thought about it like that. So, and I was young and that was at an age where the internet was not even, you know, booming or nothing like that. It wasn't like something that I felt like I knew how to even like exploit or even put myself out there in that manner. But like, I grew up with a, in a, like in a crazy environment because my dad was an owner of a club during that time frame he just got out of jail he was just doing he did he came out of jail he did five years um in the in the penitentiary for for drug trafficking like he was a big drug dealer back in massachusetts i come from massachusetts um that's my hometown lawrence massachusetts i don't know if you've ever heard of that city it's a uh, lawrence myself so i know what's up bro okay so yeah so you if you know lawrence since you're from lawrence because i do recall that you said that you're from there if you know from lawrence it's like they call it the city of the damned like there's really no opportunity out there bro there's no opportunity like everybody's either joining a gang trying to trying to stay you know focused in school is very difficult because of your environment it's just not a it's not a an environment where people prosper like like there's a lot of gang activities, a lot of drug activity. That's just the world that I live, that I grew up in, and shit. Not by choice. It's just those are the 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 cards that I was dealt with. But um, I made the best out of the situation, and um, and like I said, and and not try to take my dad's 
career path. I, I didn't try to, I didn't want to try to, I didn't want to steer in that direction. Uh, I wanted to kind of be better. Like he was my role model, but I didn't want to be, I wanted to be better than him. And at, at around that age, I kind of was steering in that direction. I was kind of like trying to be like him. And I was trying, and I was kind of dabbling in the streets a little bit, which wasn't the, really the best or the smartest thing to do, but I got it. That was my superhero. So I kind of wanted to be like him, but I got caught up with um, my family regarding that. Uh, my mom ended up going to like a brujeria and shit, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> she, so she said, the bruja, she told me the bruja told her that I stepped into some shit that my dad was meant for my dad and that I was going to get caught up in some shit. And then she ended up getting curious, told me to open up my safe. And she found, she found, uh, what was it? A dirty spoon of, of, of like a uh, baking soda and all this extra shit. And then my, my mama started freaking out. She's like, Oh, he's selling drugs. He's going to take his father's career path. And then my dad came into the room and she's like, where did you get these drugs? And I'm like, I'm, I kind of basically said I got it from him. I, he has drugs in the fucking basement. So I pinched out of his shit. So that shit was, that threw my mom into a whirlwind of drama there. My dad was like shocked. So he was like, he didn't know how to take that. So how are you going to discipline somebody when you're the person that's actually doing it? You know what I'm saying? Like I, you're his role model. So technically my mom kind of flipped it like it was his fault. I He gave me a little, We got, we sat down, we talked about it. And he kind of told me, he's like, I do this shit because I don't really got a choice. I got to put food on the table. And I got a lot of kids to take care of because I have a lot of brothers and sisters. You know how Dominican dads are. <laughs> yeah, trust me. You know what I'm saying? Mujeriegos, you know what I'm saying? Like, Six of us, too. So I know what's up, bro. Yeah, so um, he's like, you don't have, he's like, you don't, you don't got to do, you don't got to choose that path. You could do better than me and whatever the case may be. So I kind of, my boy, like I said, um, my boy told me you should start getting into music, bro. You got a story to tell. So I ended up kind of dabbling into music because his older brothers and, his, and the older guys that I told you about, they were in the studio a lot. So I started getting in there and I fell in love with it, bro. It was kind of like a way for me to get out of the streets. I feel like it was an outlet for me. I think it saved me. I think music is cliche to say, but I think music saved my life. Yeah, that's good to know, bro. Um, Because I'm just like, just listening to your music like I did, like the album. I know most of that stuff because you talk about it. You're not afraid to talk about it. Yeah, you're not like one of these musicians who just lies through the tracks, like I call them. They just telling stories, yeah. which is yeah. very, you could see by by them. Like they look like they never seen anything. You know, they're rapping about how they want to trap at three o'clock in the morning. You know, but you, because yeah. like, I know Lawrence. Um, I didn't go to Lawrence High just for that same reason that your mom was saying. My mom yeah. would not let me go to Lawrence High. Cause yeah. all the I, went, I went to Lawrence High for the last two years. And my mom didn't want me to be there. I was in the Volk. You know the Volk? Yeah. I was yeah. in the Volk for two years. And then I ended up going to Lawrence High for the last two years, but simply because they built a new Lawrence High in South Lawrence. You know that new Lawrence High? So right around that time frame, they built that one. My mom was like, she was more lenient about letting me go to that one. But well, yeah, the old Lawrence High? What was that? When did you graduate from Medichess? 2008? Let's say, yeah, okay, all right. So I started, I went to Notre Dame, the little school. Oh, I remember that. My one of my friends went there. Yeah, so my mom wouldn't let me go there to Lansac. She like drogeria. Isn't that do- like a like a like a Catholic school, right? Yeah, Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I hated my mom for it at the time. But now, now looking back to it, bro, I'm so blessed she did that for me, bro. So yes, so- bro. I know a lot of people that actually did something with their lives because they went to that school because 
So yeah, that was a good choice for your mom. Kudos right. to you. I was wanted to ask you about like you say you would you love reading and stuff. Just for the listeners, like what type of books do you like reading? If anything, like that you I was honestly, I was big into Shakespeare, like Macbeth, Romeo and Juliet. Really weird, bro. And the kid from Lawrence does not listen to Shakespeare. <laughs> Bro, Shakespeare, that was like what I gravitated to, like Macbeth, Romeo and Juliet, those type of, I don't know why, I, it was just intriguing to me, those type of, um, those genres, those, you know, those, those type of topics, the, the, the karma and the foreshadowing that came in within that, it was just intriguing to me, so I kind of, I guess I, I don't know why it was those type of books, but those are the type of books that I kind of flocked to. That's interesting, that's, that's, I did not expect for you to say that at all. <laughs> yeah, man, like, yeah, and, uh, um, and I was, like I said, I was in all my, I was in high reading class, that's why I think it became so fluent for me to be good at music, because I was able to express myself and be genuine about my experiences and other people's experiences that I dealt with, because, again, I was around gang members, I was around a lot of people that wanted me to be part of gangs, I just didn't choose that route, I was like, why the fuck do I gotta inherit your problems, yeah. like, that wasn't my prerogative, like, I, I'm gonna join a crew to inherit your problems for to reap the benefits that come from the streets but at the same time there's no loyalty in the streets yeah there's which like we'll, that, talk, we'll, that, talk, about, we'll talk about the loyalty part later bro yeah. <laughs> definitely um being from Lawrence you play any baseball I tried to get into baseball but I sucked <laughs> And I'm Dominican, so I'm supposed to be good at it from what my father tells me, but I sucked. I wasn't good. He, he, my father put me in, in, in bat, bat baseball, but I, I sucked. How mad was your dad that you sucked at baseball? He was, he was frustrated, you could tell. <laughs> Yo, I feel that, bro. What am I, I terrible. I, I, felt like telling him, I felt like telling him, I sell drugs better than playing baseball, dad. I got it from you, you know? <laughs> that nigga probably would have smacked me. <laughs> I wouldn't be here if you said that shit. <laughs> uh, the other thing I was gonna ask you: um, what's your music process like when it comes to making the actual music? Are you more of a writer, or you more like a freelancer? Just something just comes and you go off that, or how does that work for you? Um, like sometimes, it, um, it used to be that I tried to write music first because you know how I started with poetry in the beginning. I wrote, I started to write, and then put the music to the beat, the the records, the words to music. But then I found that a little bit more difficult. I started trying, like, listening to instrumentation and trying to get inspiration from different instrumentation, different type of beats, and kind of ex attacking it that way. So normally I look for inspiration um, with the, the select beats that I choose. Like, I'm very selective with the beats that I put my vocals on. Um, I don't try to force anything. Like, when it comes to making records, I don't force making records like I try to make it as natural as possible so I go through hundreds of beats hundreds of beats before I pick probably five or ten out of 50 60 beats that I go through and like I, I'm really selective I think that it's an art in itself to pick the right beats like I think that's part of the art like in itself so I get the inspiration off of the beats and then I write bro it, don't, it doesn't take me much to write records I can finish a record in 20 minutes 30 minutes and sometimes, depending on how complex I want to get into the storyline, it could take me an hour or two, maybe three. And sometimes I step back and revisit the record because it just doesn't come to me right away. And I feel like I want to say more, more, more specific things and touch on certain topics in a specific way. And I feel like I got to just stay, set, you know, take a step back, take a break, 
and just let my mind just wander a little bit until I get I can revisit it again. You know, sometimes it comes fast, sometimes it comes a little slow. I don't try to rush the process though. All right. With, with that being said, who are some people in the music industry that inspire you to um, either either start or keep going, or they like, influence you to do something a certain way or not do something a certain way? Um, it's like people that I, that I admire, um, that I look up to in the industry. I feel like I, my favorite rapper is Joel Santana. I, I fucked with his music growing up, like Dipset, like D Block, all them guys. Like you know, um, you know Jada Kiss. I actually met Jada Kiss in um in New York when I was doing a couple of shows when I was like a I think it was last. What was that? He just released an album, didn't he? Like recently. Yeah, he did, and it was pretty good. I liked it. Um, the only thing with Jadakiss is that he doesn't have that commercial appeal. And that's what I focus with with my records, the commercial hooks, the catchy hooks. I'm sure you know because you've heard the, the, some of the projects. I'm very um, critical with the commercial aspect of my music so that it could be more universally appealing. Like, I like to write catchy hooks and I like to be very honest and um, very transparent with the verses as far as, like, so people know who I am personally or what I, I experience. But... Jada Kiss is a different type of breed of of um artist. Like he's very um, like I said, very, you know, punchline driven and very like, you know, he's super talented. A goat. But was, get the respect that he deserves, you know? Yeah, I was put on Jada Kiss back in like the early two thousands because the AI commercials. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I'm like, yo, this guy's good, bro. Like, who is this guy? So I just looked him up. I'm like, oh bro, he's witty and she's funny. Like Jada Kiss is funny. Bro, Jada's yeah. a legend. Little Wayne though, mixtape era. You remember that? My favorite musician of all time, Lil Wayne. Bro, legend, go. Like super influential to my career. Like I started around that, like when I was going in 13, 14, 15 years old, when I really started going in, that was very when he was dropping like them no ceilings, the the droughts and all that, like, bro, I was amazed. Like the type of type of work ethics that guy has. It's like Super legend, bro. Super legend. Lil Wayne was very, very big in, in, in as, as far as inspiring me. I never really got to Jay. Jay-Z's a legend, bro. But I never really liked Jay-Z in the beginning. Like, it took a while for me to even resonate with the, what he was talking about. I got As I got older, though, I understood why he, he's, he is who he is, you know? Yeah. But in the beginning, I just couldn't, I really couldn't. I don't know. It was, I wasn't, but I respect his business sense. As a businessman, like, I definitely, I hold them up there because like his business savvy is amazing and, and what he's accomplished in this industry and for them, for the culture, like it's, it's super dope. So Jay-Z is huge. That's how I feel about um Biggie, Tupac and Nas. Like cause I wasn't like into their stuff stuff, but like going back at it, like I realized why they're so big, yeah. but like I, they weren't big to me, but like I yeah. understand why like you're so big and they meant so much to so many people. Yeah. Cause I'm not gonna front and be like, oh, bro, they suck. Cause I don't think anybody who does anything that they love really sucks at it. It's just not for me. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Music is an opinionated sport. Like you can't, um, like some people are not gonna like my shit, and I'm cool with it. It's not for you, honestly. The people that don't like it is not for you. It's for the people that really can relate. And, and um, even with Tupac and Biggie, that's the tough. Some people's like, who's better? I say, I say Biggie was a better lyricist. I think, but Tupac had a better, a bigger legacy because yeah. he was a, he was an activist. You know what I'm saying? Tupac, and there's a difference between an activist and a rapper personally. Yeah. That's a bigger, it's a bigger legacy for me, in my opinion. Tupac was more of, to me, he's more of a talent. 
than Biggie. Biggie was just a, a, like a musician. Like that's what he did. That's what he does. Whereas Tupac, he did it all, bro. He like, did the acting, amazing, bro. Where would you know? Imagine what he would be at right now if he was, bro, legendary, bro. But Biggie, crazy lyricist. Like the stories that that Biggie told and the way he told it, bro, shocking. Shock back. The shock factor was cr- crazy, critical to his career. Um, but yeah, um, with Pac, I fell in love with his story too, with who he was and his mom being a Black Panther and him being um conceived in jail. You know what I'm saying? That was an intriguing. And then that whole Machiavelli, the faking of his death, and people thinking that he was still alive, and that whole situation like that was like I said, that's kind of the critical point where, where I got interested in music. It was because of Tupac and his his story. I kind of like felt like wow, like that's crazy. Yeah. That wasn't me, yeah. Somebody who I feel like in the rap game doesn't get enough love, but he's obviously loved because everything else he does is Ice Cube. Just from bar to bar, that this man eats, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and legendary as an actor too. Even yeah. with the, bro, even when when he went Hollywood and to tell the story and what he's been a part of like, for the culture. Yeah, definitely. That guy for sure. WA started it all for the most part when it comes. Yeah. To- so like he was like the pillar of that too. For sure. And then the last thing I want to ask you before I pass it to Brian, because he, he's been quiet. <laughs> uh, Brian, where you at, Brian? Yeah, me. But the last thing, um, when it comes to um, features, like how do you approach features? Um, like somebody on your song or you jumping on somebody else? Is there some quality looking artist? Is some type of quality that you don't, that you don't have to say names, obviously, but like some type of people you don't like messing with, like featuring, like talk about that if you can. I like to collaborate with people that I'm a fan of, people that um that I enjoy um listening to and, and possibly trying to be part of their growth. Um and I learn and that I feel like I could learn from because um like I said, I, I think I'm good at what I do because I put so much time into it. Like that's why I feel like I'm really good at what I do because I put so much time and it's all about like um it's all about how much time you put into a craft like the more time and the more um practice you put into it it's inevitable that you're going to become great at it if you put that much time in it and i put that much time that many years into it because i love what i do aside from the money and all that so i feel like if i see that in other artists that they're th- they thrive to become better at it and they're really and their substance and what they're talking about then i would want to collaborate with that because i feel like i can learn from that and i feel like i can also, they can I could rub off on them as well and certain elements that I'm really good at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like right now, um, out here in Jersey, I'm, um, I'm working with uh, an artist. Her name is Lady Ink, and she's great. Like I think she's one of the top tier female artists. And she we dropped we're dropping a project called Chemistry um, soon, and we got a couple of records on that. And that Pocket Change record that we just dropped, that single record, like that was. Uh, kind of one of the songs that was introducing her into just the environment that I'm kind of, um, you know, navigating out here. So, and she, like I said, I'm learning so much from her as a female MC that it's like, and she has the, the, the bars and, and, you know, and the execution and the business savvy, you know? So that kind of impressed me to a point where I was like, I got to work with her. So we dropped a crazy, we're about to drop a crazy project. Like I said, you heard Pocket Change, I'm sure. You're going to do that reaction to it. I haven't, yeah, because I want to react to it. Oh, okay, word, word. So, yeah, when you hear it, you're going to be like, okay, I see why you collaborated. I don't, with I don't like, I don't like uh, being one of those people who just listens to it and then 
puts on the show just for the reaction. Like yeah. I like, like I like listening to it, and if it sucks, I just be like, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. And I, that's why I like your reaction because they're so genuine. And I'm like, this guy really picks apart the songs, and that's why I was like, bro, I hope he keeps doing this because, like. This guy's good at reacting to stuff. That's why I was. I told you, I shot that message to you. I'm like, bro, don't ever give up on what you're doing because the more you do it, the more artists are exposed to your reactions. People won't like how you depict the records, how you break it down and how you perceive it and what you tell tell people about it because I was like, when you heard Family Affairs and you broke it down, I was like, oh, he really listened to the to the bars and what I was saying and really depicted on 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 what, you know, like he broke it down and I liked it the way he was honest about it. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, you got to keep doing it. I appreciate that, man. Uh, B, you want to get in here? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, yeah, I've just been enjoying listening to the conversation so far. So before I switch gears and ask your opinion on some, like, current events and, and what's going on, um, yeah. for the people listening, where can they where can they find you? Like, uh, social media, YouTube, what's the best? Um, right now, I'm distributed all over the world through all um, – through the real Raphael, you can Google the real Raphael. Um, my distribution, the real Raphael, on iTunes, Amazon, Title, like anything and everywhere that you can. Like if you Google, it's gonna pull up. Like I'm nationally distributed, so that's how you can find me. And my handles, of course, the real Raphael on IG. Um, yeah. Before we switch over, um, the last thing I want to ask is, um, what was that first song, the record that you made that you were like, bro, I can do this, like. Gave you confidence, we're like, bro, I can do this. I can make a living off this. The first song that I ever wrote? No, the first song that you, after it was completed, you were like, yo, bro, I'm good. Like, I can do this. As a like career choice. I mean, as an artist, you know, when you're like, when I started, I was better than everybody doing it. When I was 13, 14, I was better than a lot of older dudes doing it. So, and I got a lot of that feedback. So it kind of fed my ego to a point where I was like, I can do this. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm better than these older niggas. But honestly, I look back at that shit. I was horrible. <laughs> but you feel me? Oh, I think I was whack. Like compared to what, you know what I'm saying? To where I am now, I feel like, what the hell was I thinking? But because I believed in myself that much and because people made me believe in myself and I was around, I guess, great people that told me that you got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it. And I was, I think I, during that time, I felt like I could make a living off of it. And I could, and even if I didn't, I felt like it was therapeutic to me. It felt like I was self-counseling myself. It felt like I was, you know what I'm saying? Like if I didn't invent and tell the, these stories, then I'd keep it to myself and I'd die with them. And I think that so many people have gotten inspired by my story coming from where I come from that I was like, if I can inspire one person, bro, then I did my job. So that's when I felt like I can really continue doing it and make a career off of it just for myself, honestly, for not, not for gratification, not for money, just because I felt good and I felt like complete because I was doing it. So it's been, bro, forever since I started. Yeah, it's funny you say that because like most rappers that I know, like even some famous ones like Chance, like people ask them about the old music, they're like, bro, I listen to that and I think I suck. Like, I think I was, it was terrible. And then even like the comedian Bill Burr, who's my famous, famous comedian like of all time, he even said it like, like you said, like, he did his first stand-up show, and he knew right away that was for him. Like that's why he wanted yeah. it. Like he didn't care if he sucked or not to other people, but he knew he just, if he worked on it, he would be good enough to just do it. Right, work on it, bro. It's, and a lot of people who spend their whole lives looking for something that they love, and they spend their whole lives not even knowing it, bro. Like people die not knowing what they were meant to do in this world, 
Everybody has a gift, bro. And when you tap into it and when you find it, that's a blessing in itself. When you master it, that's a gift from God, bro, because you're having the opportunity. Look at this coronavirus, bro. People are dying left and right. There's conspiracies that this is fake and this is all. I don't know what to believe because the government is insane. And, and, you know, but at the end of the day, like, so people are dying. That lane with you because in the last episode, me and Brian, we talked about it. But what's your take on this whole coronavirus stuff and quarantining? And do we think there's a, like, a light at the end of the tunnel soon? Bro, we just got to be optimistic. Look at the glass half full instead of half empty, bro. Um, I'm sure that we'll, you know, we'll come, you know, we'll, this will make everybody just better people in general and learn how to appreciate shit more. But of course, I'm, I, I don't know how this is going to play out, honestly. This is, um, it's one for the record book for sure. This is going down in history. I can tell you that much. It's, um, and um, it's tough. It's tough. A lot of people are losing people. It's it's sad. It's you know it's conflicting, bro. It's just it's weird. I can't believe we're in this in this type of space right now. But you got to be optimistic. You know this these things are happening for a reason. For a long time, we we've abused this planet, bro. Like we're we're a plague. Honestly, we're the fucking plague. How the how we treat this planet. So at the end of the day, bro. How we this treat is, what was that? Also, how we treat each other too, bro. Like, yeah, bro. Like, we yeah. really, like, we either, we gotta learn from this lesson. We gotta learn. This is a big lesson. A less, a big lesson, bro. That's all I gotta say. But I'm, I'm hoping that we do, we do see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, absolutely. And like, that, that's a good point. I mean, I've seen some of the pictures of like the pollution from like before coronavirus to now that like nobody's flying, nobody's driving cars, nobody's traveling, and like. Bro, like LA is mad clear. Like all the pollution around the world bro. is coming up, and it's just like, damn, we had a more of an impact than we even realized. Yo, Thanos, Thanos was right, man. Thanos was <laughs> he was a <alive. laughs> right, right, right. I'm telling right. you, bro. Just the truth. <laughs> Coronavirus said, "I got you, Thanos. I'll clean up." <laughs> what else? Um, what else you want to talk about? Uh. Is there anything you want to talk about, Ralph, that you want to mention? Give somebody a shout-out, anybody, like, just the topic that you Honestly, shout-out to my team, the council regime. Shout-out to the people around me that make me better and, and allow me to do what I do. Because, honestly, in this industry, um, like, it's very difficult to even penetrate in this industry. A lot of garbage and a lot of um, this, this industry is polluted with, with garbage. And a lot of shit gets a lot of air airtime and a lot of because it's that clown shit and a lot of people like to click on that clown shit they like to click on that colorful shit they like that and if you're sometimes when you're not talented you get more shares because you're not there it's unbelievable this is what i say bro this is true and any like especially sports and music if like the people who are not talented resort to doing goofy out of character stuff because they're not it's not and i honestly cannot blame them Bro, if, if I'm not talented, I'm gonna do what grabs the eye. Like, freak, like basketball players, basketball players are not that good. They gotta, they gotta do crazy shit. They gotta like cheat. They gotta like grab, pull under, pull out short. Yeah. Elbow people. They gotta like Pat like, like, Beverly. Like, he's made a life. He he got a huge contract. He's not the most talented basketball player, but he has to do what he does. So like in a sense, I don't blame like the rappers who mumble or who just do stupid shit for the click. 
but I, it's not something I'm always gonna like gravitate to. Like there's some some music like that that I enjoy, like lifting to or running to. Yeah. But when it comes to the real rap, you also gotta like put it aside and realize that that's not it. Like that's his own genre. That's entertainment to me. No, I agree. I agree. But that's what I'm saying. It's a hustle. I, I can't knock the hustle, but like I said, yeah, it's a uh, it's different. It's a different time, bro. It's a different time we're living in. Um, but um, yeah, like I said, shout out to my team. What I was saying is shout out to the team because I can't do what I do without a team. And and my message and advice for our upcoming artists is get yourself a group of people that believe in you, or surround yourself with people that believe in you that will invest into you into your music and invest into yourselves pretty much to build a brand because if you can't invest into yourself you can't you know build a, a collective a, a unit of people that that want to that want more for themselves you know what i'm saying and believe in your talent like you can't go nowhere because no you're not going to attract labels or investors if you can't invest in yourself you gotta you can't be scared to do that and that's you know why what I'm i was so like thankful that you reached out i think it was monday when you shared that message with me like from bottom of the heart, like that meant a lot. Cause like for like forever, people have been telling me, yo, do stand up, do music, do this, do that. Like you're funny, like you'll get an eye. But then like I never wanted to do it. Cause I was just yeah. like, I had all the things going on. I, like I played sports through college. I like, I do social work and stuff like that. So like yeah. it was never a thing. But in October, November, I was like, let me just start the YouTube channel and see where it goes. Yeah. Right? The last few months I've been dabbling in it. But like you said, like I'm still working on putting that team together. Where like I don't have to do everything. Like with somebody yeah. like, you know, bro, react to this, react to that. Or somebody's like, bro, I'll edit this for you, or like this and that. Cause that yeah, that makes it easier. It especially, does. Especially when it's not like the way you make your money. Yeah. It's a hobby until it becomes a profession. That's what I that's what I'm saying, bro. Like and that's what it's like you gotta sometimes you gotta do what you're good at until you can do what you love, you know? Correct. 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 You're right. So, bro, you got to eat shit until you see the light on the end of the tunnel, bro. It's like that. But when you love it, you genuinely love it. It doesn't feel like work, bro. It feels mm-hmm. like this is what you're supposed to be doing. And once, like I said, a lot of people fi- don't find that in life. Like that's they take why, that's why this quarantine shit is frustrating because like I'm here with my, and I love my roommates. I'm here with them. I was stuck together. So there's not really much time to like just sit down in front of the camera and react and just listen to stuff. Cause there's always something going on. It's always people yeah. like I like being in my own space when I do that stuff. That's yeah. why since the quarantine started, I've been like a little bit slower around the putouts. But like, I'm just trying to find like that, like that space. I'm sure yeah. you get that space when you start making music and stuff like that. Yeah. Fortunately for me, I work from home because I, I work for banks. I've been working for banks for 10 years plus. I was a fraud investigator um, in Florida for five years, dealing with money disappearing out of the bank. And, um, and now I work for uh, another company called Pfizer that, the banks are my clients, so they call me, um, like, back-to-back calls every day, Monday through Friday, like, on a computer. Like, that's my nine-to-five. I don't love it, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, but it pays the bills, and, it, um, you know what I'm saying? So I've been fortunate enough to still stick, have a job, but that takes a lot of time from away from music, too. Um, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, that's what I pay my studio with. You know what I'm saying? That's what I build my business with. That's the bread and butter. And, you know, you got to survive at the end of the day. But, um, but like I said, I, now that my popularity is growing and people are starting to resonate with my music and, you know, my streams are going up and stuff like that, I'm blessed that people are really taking a, a liking to what I'm saying and getting to know me personally. So, and I appreciate you guys having me, of course, to, 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 
to discuss these topics in more in depth, you know? Yeah, bro, you're the first guest. So when we blow up, we got to give you a shout out, man. I got to have you on. Yeah, I appreciate it. I got you. Absolutely. But we'll, we'll revisit the route where it all started. That's, that's, bro, that's man, it might take a year, it might take 10, but we're going to keep working. <laughs> we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Um, just to go to something you want to talk about, what do you think about Snitch Nine? <laughs> so the Takashi situation. <laughs> Nine, bro. Bro. Uh, what do I think about that? Is like and I can said, you, like, because I don't think Brian's too in that with it. Can you just give a, like a little background summary of what led to it and then what where we are now? With with his whole career and what, 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 like, what a little the drama is going on right now. Like what he's so you, I think that he made it. He made his his career off of um, being somebody that he wasn't. A, okay. uh, he, you know, what I'm saying he joined the gang, the Bloods, right? Yeah. He joined the gang and he utilized that that screamo, that gang, gang, shoot him up persona and try to build an image off of that and he really wasn't about that life he wasn't a gangster like the little kid is the what daniel hernandez his real name the kid is not a gangster that's not where he comes from like but he played the role to use the the bloods for clout and and then the thing the, the thing that gets me is that people are surprised that he snitched i'm not <laughs> bro like, what? neither oh no bro. What? i'm not surprised not, like you, so, so you expect, so my, my, my question is, you guys expected to be, get this guy to be a gang member, right? And extort him for money, right? Fuck his girl, whatever. I don't know if I could use that language here, but fuck, like have sex with his girl, right? <laughs> uh, um, extort him for money. You, you rob him. You try to steal from him, right? And you expect loyalty in return. And he's doing the time, not you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and listen, if you join a gang, like, there's a code of ethics when you join. I come from the street, bro. You know I'm from Lawrence. I come from the street. My dad was the biggest drug dealer, bro, known to man in the, in the Massachusetts area, bro. Like, like I know this, the, the code of ethics. If you're a gang member and you're trying to draft another gang member, bro, you're, the code the ethics, bro, is that you're supposed to be lo- you're supposed to protect the bag. If the guy's making the money for the crew, like, you're supposed to protect the bag. You're not supposed to put a nigga in position that he that he's he shouldn't even be in a position to snitch. Bro, bro, honestly, like, you're supposed to take that's anywhere though. Like if I'm not gonna say like it is what it is, but like if let's say I'm a rapper or I'm a baseball player, or whatever, and I'm the money bag, bro. If something goes down. Like somebody's taking the blame for me, bro. So like, that's how they have to. He's the one scare you. Um, Chris Carter, the football, the Hall of Famer, he got fired from ESPN for saying that every professional athlete should, or famous person, should have a fall guy in their group. ESPN dropped. You have to. They dropped him. Like they dropped this man for saying some real shit. That's what I'm saying. You have to have the fall guy. You can't. You got to protect the guy. But you also got to be loyal to that fall guy. Yeah, you have to take care of him. Of hits. course, it's, it's reciprocated. Like, yeah. you show loyalty, you get it in return. That's why I don't understand this whole street code situation. That's why I say the streets don't got no love for you, bro. That's why I never joined a gang. I don't need that. I don't have to inherit no, nobody's problems. I got enough problems myself. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need that. Like, but if I do join a gang, I'm not going to snitch because I know what it comes with it. You know what I'm saying? I know if I get caught up, 
and I and, and you know I'm loyal to yo bro. Loyalty is a, a must for me. That's number one with me. You know I'm loyal. So if I get that loyalty in return, that if I do the crime, I'm gonna do the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna sit there because I decided that I'm an, I'm I'm, I'm gangster enough to be a gang member. I'm going to I'm gonna live by the code. I'm going to reap the benefits that I get from the streets. And I'm going to, the downfall is, I'm, I know what's going to happen. I know what the, the, the consequences are when we cross that boat. You know, when we cross that line. So, I know so, what it is. Like you, I work with kids and stuff like that. I always tell them, I work with gang members. They're part of gang bloods, um, three knees, all that stuff. You know, Lawrence, they have all that shit. And I oh, tell, them, I'm like, tell them, bro, you cannot be surprised what book you like. You have to know what book you're writing. Yeah, you do, bro. That's why I say I'm like I'm not surprised, bro. No, don't be surprised that he snitched because, uh, you know what I'm saying. You're you're none of y'all have been loyal to him. Like he's supposed to do time for you guys because y'all was not loyal to him. He's not gonna do time for you. Like saw that coming a mile away. I, I think that the blood slipped up and they took the risk of putting down a guy that had was not about that life and really try to use him. And the guy ended up being a rat, but he got the cheese. Now he got he's out he's out in the streets. He got the cheese. He got the money. The, the rat got the money. Raton has the queso, bro. Like that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Like that's that's why I feel like don't be so I'm not surprised that that happened. I, I really I'm really not, bro. Like I'm really not. I saw that coming, and they should have been loyal to him. If they expected him to be loyal, then. Then he should have been loyal. Then they should have been loyal to him from the beginning. Yes, sir. And he should have never been in the position that he had to snitch. They should have been like, "Now nah, we're taking the fall for him." He did, he he had nothing to do with it because he's the bag. You got to protect the bag. Yep. But they gave him no choice, bro. They gave him no choice, so he's gonna make his money. He just did like two million, broke the record off of off of his IG, two million viewers. <laughs> I didn't tune in, but I heard that that was like fake. I heard that was like bots and stuff. Like I don't know what goes on that stuff. Like I don't know Instagram. So, listen, supposedly his YouTube channel did like forty eight forty eight million in in less than twenty four hours, and they checked the the back end of that, and it's real shit, bro. That's crazy. But think about it though. You snitched on an organization. You snitched on Cardi B. You snitched on everybody that had nothing to do with, with, with the whole case. That's what I think he's, he like, he, his popularity might be up right now, but when it comes to like the rap game, the music game, I think he's going to take a hit because you already had like big, 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 big artists like Anuel saying he's never working with him again. Yeah. Yeah. People are not going to probably work with him down the line. He'll see that it might take, it might affect them a little bit, but I don't know. I, I got, I got, we got to see how this plays out. If I was him, I'll, I'll invest that money. Like, he better. Like, that's what I think he should do. He should be really smart. You might not see that popularity again, so you better invest that in the right places. Yeah, bro. Or end up like Pop Smoke ended up. Look at what happened to him. Yep. Flip. A lot of people, bro. A lot of rappers dying and stuff. Look at Nipsey. You know what I'm saying? Legends. And and Nipsey got taken off by a rat. Yeah. And, and, And the house they helped build. Bro. Back to the hood. Look, he went to the hood to get back to the hood. The hood takes your life away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I got... I, when I was in Lawrence, a lot of people didn't like me, honestly. Growing up, I was in a Jaguar at fucking 15 years old. Mercedes at 15, 14, 15 years old. I was driving the craziest whips. My my uncle had the first Jaguar in Lawrence. My, my, my dad of the club. Motherfuckers wanted to kill me, bro. Because they just hated me for no reason. Because I had money. And it wasn't even my money. 
It was my dad's money. I was like the I was like the son of a kingpin out there, bro. People didn't like me. They're girls. My niggas out here gangbangers and shit. Had girls that were talking about me. I'm like, how this young nigga, 14, 15 year old driving a Jaguar and looking at their at their at their at their at their gang member uh, boyfriends. What the fuck are you doing? You driving a you driving a the Civic. This nigga in a Jaguar. Civic. Nigga, I'd hate me too, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I feel I'd that. hate me too. I'm 14, 15 in the Jaguar and you in a Honda Civic. And you're like 18, 19 years old, 20 years old, and I'm here balling out of control, but off of my the strength of my dad. Yeah. Well, um, well, if you don't mind saying, what club did he own in Lions? Galaxia. It's called Rio's now. Oh, yeah, I've been there. It was there when it was called Galaxia. We've been there when it's called Rio's, bro. My mom used to go there all the time. Bro, my dad owned, uh, my, my, my uncle owned the whole building, the whole thing. And my dad, um, was, he was in the, he was in the bottom. He ran the bottom. My, my uncle ran the top. And, um, then when my shit, my dad, when I was 18, 19, my dad got, um, set up by an undercover cop and, um, he was doing court for, for it for a little while and stuff. And, um, like, you know, the courthouse right in front of the, the courthouse right in front of the 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 the, the um what's it called the club he was doing court there for a little while and um the prosecutor was a bitch like she was really good she was trying to give him mad time and um and when shit hit the fan like like it, it just kind of tore the family apart bro like that easy money it comes easy but it goes fast too bro sometimes it's not worth it like i felt like uh i lost my father I, but that's a conversation for another time. I go into more details about that down the line. But yeah, bro. And like, well, well, um, well, please to have you whenever you want to be on. Like, yeah. have to be, if you're just talking about some stuff, I'll reach out. Be like, hey, you want to engage in this? We're gonna be talking about this this week or whatever. And if you want to come in just for that topic, you can. So for sure. So um, we're like running out uh, like the last ten minutes here. So I want to talk about um, like what sports do you like watching or playing of any? Because you might not be a sports guy. I don't know that well. So like, yeah, yeah, I love sports. I love I love to watch basketball. I mean, you know, with this whole coronavirus, no more basketball. No, it's hard to even watch sports anymore right now. But I love watching sports, bro. I'm I'm definitely a fan of um of basketball, football. I don't really watch too much. Like I'm not like a, a avid sports watcher i don't really like be like on top of it like that i'm more so involved in the music world what's going on i'm more focused on that and um but i love watching it from time to time i don't really watch a lot of tv i don't really i like movies um i don't really watch any good movie you watched recently uh i watched i mean i watched the that curious case of benjamin button when he was aging backwards yesterday yeah, that's a crazy concept. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of crazy. I watched that last night, so that was kind of a vibe. Uh, uh, but yeah, besides that, I have I've watched a couple of different movies here. I've been Netflixing it, trying to figure something, watching a bunch of different stuff, trying to figure out. But uh, yeah, I'm just, just watching random movies. Nothing too crazy that sticks out right now. But what are you? What about you, B? I know you like the Netflix life. Um. Yeah, I seen that that movie Extraction. That that was a pretty no, fun. I fucked with that. I did see that one. Yeah. I saw that. One. I liked that movie. That movie. How about that twenty four hour one? The the one that he only lives for like twenty four hours. You saw that one? Nah, nah. What's that one? Yeah, he like 
it's about an assassin, right? And he's like, he supposedly, he, he got hired to kill a witness, a government, somebody that witnessed a, some, the government officials doing some shiesty shit in the army. Yeah. And um, he got hired to kill the guy. And um, he ended up, I guess, sleeping with the girl that was protecting the, the witness guy. And he kind of, he, he liked her and he didn't kill her. And she ended up shooting him. And he ended up dying technically there, but he had some information that the government needed, so they put a, a machine in him that that he only lives for twenty four hours. Wow! But this guy was a top assassin, so when he with that twenty four hours, that that guy did some damage, some mad action in that movie. He did some damage trying yeah. to hunt down people. Yeah, that it's called twenty four hours to live or something like that. Okay, I'll I'll have to look that up. Yeah, it's crazy. A lot of action. And then at the end, he figures out that the organization he was working for as an assassin killed his family to keep him as an assassin. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> That's crazy. Bro, nuts. <laughs> nuts. So he ended up killing everybody. It was crazy yeah. within 24 hours. Mad action. Yeah. I, I just seen something similar to that. Like, I know I'm super late. Don't laugh at me or make fun of me. I seen John Wick 1 and 2, like, the last few wow. days. That's I, a problem. I fuck with John Wick. That's a problem. That's that's a problem. I I fuck with John Wick. Hell yeah, that's a problem. It's like that. It's kind of like that, but I gotta see the third one. I haven't seen the third one yet. Yeah, I saw it. It's crazy. Yeah, Yeah. the action is unreal. It's nonstop action, dude. It's nonstop action. Like yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why I fuck with. I like those type of movies. Yeah, definitely, bro. Um, Brian, you want to give us uh, a quick uh, how you call it? Politic update. Brian's the politic guy in the, in the group. I bet. Um, oh, Brian, talk to me. Yeah, so, I mean, there's nothing really crazy going on right now. Uh, I mean, as you know, right now it's Joe Biden's the last one left versus uh, Donald Trump. So, I mean, hopefully Joe Biden pulls through. And, like, I know, I know Trump's getting a lot of negative press right now dealing with, like, this is the thing. Press is press. But I think Trump is going to be president again. Bad press, good press. Look, didn't you hear what Trump said the other day about drink the drink some what's it called? Drink the bleach. Yeah. Drink bleach to, to to the guy went pretty much viral. Everybody talking about him. But at the end of the day, I think that is just a, a, a marketing tactic. Everybody talking about him. Um and who got the money to run against Trump? Like this guy's all over the place. Facts, and they they have mad shit on Biden, bro. They've been having mad stuff on him. Like as soon as he was a front runner, there's like some story that dropped about like he hey, yep, molesting a woman or something like that. Uh, yeah, and the second like he was the front runner, that story just blew up, and it's like Trump has the ammo. Like I think it's a strategy. Now people look at him some type of way. I think they wanted him to win over Barry because they they didn't have Sham Barry. They got nothing. Barry you talking about the old, the old guy? What was his name? Bernie, Bernie. Bernie, Bernie, yeah. Bernie. Bernie. Isn't that, that's his name? Bernie, yeah. <laughs> Bernie. Bernie's too old, bro. And Bernie don't got the money to keep running. That's why he dropped out. He was running out of bank. Yeah, bro. Bernie was too honest, too, though. Like, he would not do anything for anyone. Like, he would not take a bribe or nothing. They knew that. That's why they didn't like him. They're like, yo, we can't use yeah. Yeah, he was definitely not fitting in with the politician lifestyle. <laughs> facts, facts. So I guess before we uh, before we wrap up, um, yeah. have you have you seen uh, any of the the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary? No, you haven't seen any of that. Uh, yeah. Oh man, where where's it on Netflix? 
Um, it's ESPN. You can find ESPN. it on Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. If you have Hulu, you can find it on there. No, I don't even have Hulu. What bro, is it? Intro? Bro, so oh, good. Man. So if you don't know, it's like his last season on the Bulls, ninety-seven, eighty-eight. Yeah. They had like a camera crew behind the scenes, so they got all the all the juice, everything, bro. They It's a ten. It's ten episodes. So for the last three weeks, they've been releasing two every Sunday. So tomorrow will be episode seven and eight. Bro, yeah. it's crazy. They talk about him, like, his whole career. They're like, his family, Scotty's family, Dennis Rodman's family. Dennis like, Rodman's crazy, bro. I did not know that much about Dennis Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy was weird. Bro, they gave him a – he took a, a one-week vacation during the season because he was tight. He <laughs> went to Vegas for, like, six days. Michael Jordan hung out with Carmen Electra. Like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard the stories about him and Carmen. Carmen, Carmen and him in a hotel in Vegas. And he's like, bro, it's been six days. Let's go. We got practice in two hours. Like, he dragged his ass to practice. And like, they have footage of everything, bro. That shit is. It's, it's, I got to see it. Now you guys, you know, I got to see it. Yeah, fire. And then, like the last last week was like they had an episode with Kobe. Rest in peace, with Kobe. They had an episode. With, they They made this before Kobe passed away. So like that's one of his last interviews he made. The documentary. Yeah. About Jordan and basketball and life and shit like that. It was just nice to see Kobe. Like something we hadn't seen from him. It was like everybody was like in their feelings. It was. Dope. <laughs> Yeah, even with touching on Kobe, that's why I named the Family Affairs the Mamba Edition. I released it with the eight songs for the number eight for Kobe because uh, of his legacy. It was so, like I said, such an inspiration. I grew up on Kobe, bro, and and it, and it just fit well. It felt right to 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 make that Family Affairs the Mamba Edition, especially him leaving his family behind and then dying with his daughter Gianna. So you know that that wasn't crazy, bro. We started the year in an insane manner, bro. But God knows what he did. God knows what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, a, it's all part of the plan, I guess. But it sucks, bro. It really sucks. That shit was depressing. Definitely, definitely, it was, man. Um, oh yeah, you just touched on it. Family Affairs was the last project he released. Uh, go go find it on all platforms. It's really good. And if you want more of that content, um, go to Angel Reacts Family Affairs Reaction. Uh, yeah. I did that whole album, the whole project. I'll be doing more stuff coming in a few days. Out of pocket will be one of the things I do. I'm going to get back to doing some of the, the comedy reaction and stuff like that. But, like, reaction, the, the thing I like reacting to is mostly sports and music and cool. comedy. So that's what I'm going to get back to. I'm going to stop listening to people talking shit on the comments. That's one thing I got to stop listening to. And Yeah, bro, listen, if they're paying attention, you're doing something right. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? If they're talking shit, they're hating on you, they're liking you, you're doing something right. It don't matter. You can't please the world. You know what I'm saying? That's all. That's all I can say. That's true on that, bro. Um, any any last last thing you want the people to know, Raph? Uh, man, like I said, that pocket change um, project, definitely react to that. Tell me what you think of that. Um, I'm coming out with a project, um, again, with Lady Inc. It's, it's called Chemistry. It's going to be fire, bro, so look out for that. I'm going to send you the project so you get the exclusive once it comes out. You can tell me what you think of it, react yeah. to it. I'm working on my own project called Popular Nobody. Um, I like that name. I forgot that name. Yeah, bro. I feel like I think even the title, yeah, Popular Nobody, is going to have straight bangers, bro. It's gonna, I'm coming with, with crazy records on that, and it's, I'm, I'm excited you, I'm about gonna, that. Raph, I'm going to tell you right now, bro, if you want any skits, 
that let me know. Send some your way, bro. I'll just talk shit. Interlude. Word. I'll send you, but if you want, obviously, you don't have to put them on. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Send me a few. Yeah, that'll be dope because I love putting skits into the project before records. I love doing that, bro. Um, I like personalizing the projects like that, so that'll be dope. Let me know what you want, what you're looking for, and I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do, bro. Because after, it's funny because in April, I was supposed to do my first, like, stand-up little open mic shit. And yeah. and it's like obviously this shit shut down everything, so it's been tough. I was supposed to do a lot of shows out here too, bro. That shut me down too. Yeah, facts. I, I, yeah, we appreciate you like you coming on. Obviously, like you didn't have to come on because you like we don't know. We just started to get to know each other. Like we vibe pretty good. Like, you yeah. don't know why, you know, like this is the third. Bro, episode. when I heard you was from Lars, I was like, I I I wanted to uh, do this interview because I know you you'll know you know where I you know the 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 environment that I come from. So I feel like it would be more genuine for the people to to get it from you, from your point of view, talking to me. Cause I don't really do interviews. Like, I, where lines are you from? If you don't mind sharing, like what street or what area? I, you know, Holly Street next to Big and Beefy. You familiar with that 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 location? Who doesn't know Big and Beefy, bro? Yeah, that's definitely trademark for for Lawrence. So Big and Beefy, Holly Street. I used to live there. They call it D Block. I used to live there. Um, I used to live in on Lexington Street. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, what's that? Lexington Street is in um in not in South Lawrence, in North Lawrence. Yeah. It's around right around Brothers Pizza. Bro, yeah, yeah, I know the area. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. typical, right? Yeah, right next to the typical, right there. There's a street called Lar um Lexington Street. Yeah. That's where I first yeah, that's where I first um, you know, made my imprint in Lawrence. I was really young, bro. Uh, I moved there from New York. I was living in the Bronx for when I was like six till I was like 10 years old. My dad was locked up for five years during that time frame. So I was in New York for a while. And then we went to Lawrence when he came out of lockup. Lawrence was, a, I guess, an easy way. Uh, 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 you know, there's mad drug addicts in Lawrence. So I guess that was the mecca for my dad to take over the streets like that. So Like Antonio Brown says, business is booming over there. Business is booming, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. All right, man. Brian, anything you want to say before uh, we start? We start recording, and we just end it. Nah, that was it. Thank you so much again for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're just getting started in this, so hopefully, it's the first appearance of many, and uh, we'll have you back on a couple of times for sure. Let's do it, Brian. I appreciate you having me for real. And the last thing, something I want to do with all my guests is um. Just in like one sentence or one a few words, just say something that like is your live model, like your live quote. If you uh, have, um, just make something up. Uh, there was a quote that I um that um that I recently um that I recently put out as a statement for the Underdog 360 brand that we um that we started is um without um. What was that the statement without music? Um uh, I gotta I gotta look it up. I really gotta tell you. Let me what was the what was the statement? Without music, there's no uh life. But there's what is it? Like that right there. Okay, through I got it. It goes through lyrical art, we paint a masterpiece. Without music, it would be hard to masterpiece. Oh, I, I like that. Hell you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. What's up? I like that. So that statement always um, resonated with me, so I feel like that would resonate with everybody. I think that would be the perfect statement to let you guys let, let you guys go with. That, that, might, be, that might be the name of this episode, bro. Like honestly, I just put that. Out. Yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs>
like that. All right, guys. Um, thanks for joining. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, this is Angel and Brian. It is what it is podcast, volume three. A special guest, the real Raphael, artist, platform everywhere. Look him up. His music is, is good. If you like listening to music for lyrics, you will love his stuff. So without further ado, um, thank you for coming in, for listening. And until next time, it is what it is. Enjoy, enjoy the quarantine life. I appreciate y'all. Y'all stay safe. Y'all already know. All right, bro. Thank you.